the jungle VIP. I reached the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. Do I want to be a man, man called a snowman. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's Gang at patreon.com slash mousemadness. Chris, Thanksgiving is bye-bye. Bye-bye. We just got through it. Uh, Jerry's gang got a nice little Thanksgiving-themed Patreon episode. So if you have not joined Jerry's gang, this is the perfect time to do so. Uh, We also had an amazing trivia night right before the holidays. So don't miss out on the next one. Join Jerry's gang uh, over on Patreon. And, uh, you know, the Disney holiday movies are on standby. I mean, for some of us, they may have already started. Uh, you know, got to roll out the Santa Claus and heart, hit on Charlie Calvin a little bit more. I guess so. Uh, but we're on a, already on a collision course with wintertime. Yeah. And last year we we broke down all of those holiday movies yeah. in, in a best Disney holiday movie bracket. And if, if you all didn't hear that one or haven't heard it <laughs> or want to just listen again. Or miss the damn. Go like go back and check out go back and check out our best uh holiday movie bracket. It was it was thick. It was like a thick long couple episodes. Yeah. But it was fun. It was super fun. We're gonna we're gonna take our fiery hot takes, mm-hmm. put them up on a shelf, and we're gonna bring some freezing cold takes. Because we're talking best frozen song. It's time. So so with Frozen we've got two feature length movies. We've got a ton of frozen shorts. Some of them I watched. Some of them I'm like I don't have time for you, Olaf. Um, and then of course you've got the you've got the Broadway musical that unfortunately shut uh, in 2020 and never reopened again. Right. So to help us sort out our best Frozen songs, we had to have the Anna to my Kristoff, <laughs> the woman who is hard at work every single day to melt my frozen heart. <laughs> It's my girlfriend Julia. Aww. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the podcast. We, we it's been a minute since we heard you on Mouse Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy to be here, especially with Frozen, <laughs> which, as you know, Chris is so near and dear to our heart. Yeah. So, like, what's your history with Frozen? Did were you like a big Frozen fan before I met you? Not really. Really? <laughs> Says everyone that's met. Chris. Yeah, I was like, Frozen is really sad. Entangled is where it's at. And yeah. I'm 100% a Rapunzel. Rapunzel and Anna are pretty similar. But mm. um, yeah, I met Chris and he just like broke it down for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to break down. But I do love, love, even though like I didn't initially love the plot to Frozen, I've always loved the music. I think the music is like truly remarkable and amazing. Yeah. And and I see you have a Sven I do, with you today. I do. Oh. <laughs> where, where did you where did you find that guy? Funny you should ask. I think Santa, I think Santa put it in your stocking <laughs> last year. Um, okay, so y'all, uh, we're super excited to talk about these frozen. I, as Julia said, like I just I talk about frozen all the time <laughs> in my regular life, so I didn't have to take a lot of notes. Um, but before we dig into that, we got we got a spoonful of sugar. Yeah, we got to talk about Kyle. Yeah, it's we are recording 
the main show for the first time in person. So not only are Chris and I in person, but our guest host Julia is with us. So all three participants are in person, which means we can do some more collaborative spoonful of sugars uh, moving forward as we continue to do this. Uh, Let me tell everybody who is banking on the Jerry's Gang uh, video of this. We're testing out a method to get you a video episode. It might be complete chaos in the in the audio realm. So bear with us. But like I said, this spoonful of sugar is quite impressive. Chris was the one that concocted it for part one of this bracket. So Chris, what we got here? What we got? So, you know, I'm making drinks for everyone. It's not just like, let's compare spoonfuls of sugar. Like we got one combined. Yeah. Um, it's, it's getting cold out here in Walnut Creek, but we're talking frozen. So I had to, I had to do a frozen themed drink. Got out the blender, make a little frozen cocktail, <laughs> yeah, <you did. laughs> a frozen, frozen cocktail. Uh, this thing is blue. You know, it's frozen one. It's a, it's frozen one colored. Um, it's got an ounce of silver rum, ounce of blue curacao. Yep. Two ounces of pineapple juice, an eighth cup of cream of coconut, about a cup and a half of ice, give or take, depending on how icy you want your treat. Um, And then it's also got, I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. Yep. It is delicious. So it's, 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 it tastes a lot like kind of like a uh, pina colada or Mm -hmm. something like that. But I, 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 frosted the rim like literally with frosting like, like frosting. <laughs> and it's got some some coconut flakes on it so it's like a little little dessert type beverage but it's real nice I'm, I'm it real it's real nice yeah this is oh, so what to call it that's the question Ooh. um so i previously had drinking autohol and ice water right that's right that's right um just pure just pure filtered water um, but I'm, I'm, I want to call this beverage the Atahalan. Okay. Ooh. You know, it's, it's, Atahalan is this place in Frozen 2 that is very much like a, a paradise in its own respect. Mm-hmm. So, so this beverage tastes kind of like paradise as well. So let's, let's call it the Atahalan, the first ever combined spoonful of sugar on Mouse Madness. It would usually be time for everyone's favorite segment, the pull of the pod. However, I dropped the ball. I am out of my element. I forgot that we were recording in person. And as I was coming out the door, heading over to Walnut Creek, I pulled up and I said, I forgot something. Didn't occur to me until an hour later when I'm sitting here at this kitchen table that I forgot the pull of the pod cards. So for these next, for this bracket, you are pull of the pod free. Um, But, you know, I... I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to replace it with something else, which is some listener feedback. Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> and, go. And this was a very, very great listener feedback. Um, so got a text from my friend Vana, who has a couple of young kids, and they are actually planning a trip to Disneyland in December. Uh, so they, they, Vana saw our worst Disney character bracket and had to tune in to figure out what the heck we were talking about. And she had some takes. I'll go ahead and read this listener feedback. Thank you, Vana, for for texting me. I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but you're putting you on blast here. So she texts me, had to tune in this week to the podcast to hear why Olaf is on the worst character lineup. So from the start, from the get-go, Olaf Defender. 
immediately. She goes on to a list of thoughts. Bullet point one. You, me, went in on Peter Pan and the poor guy clearly just has mommy issues and he needs to work through. Mommy and daddy issues, honestly. He's got everything issues. He's got a lot of issues. I got got coconut flake (laughs) issues right now. They're all over the place. I got frosting on my mic. Oh, my goodness. Bullet point two. Chris is way too dramatic for me. Walking out of the theater at the recap scene, chill, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I will not. I will not chill. There will be no chilling here on this (laughs) resident. Chill, bro, or or too dramatic for me? (laughs) Both. 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 (laughs) We're both dramatic. Number three. I'm here for the recaps, and we just watched Olaf's new series yesterday, but I will say it was more annoying than enjoyable. So she gets it. She understands why you walked out. There's a seed inside of Anna that's going to grow. To be a. It's going to grow. By the time the third Frozen movie comes out, She's going to come to my side. Okay. okay. She will, she will acknowledge. Um, and then her fourth and final bullet here is Kyle Skinner is canceled in the Nzweta house because he hates kids. Nzweta is her last name. That, I'm not allowed in their house. That was an interesting hill to die on I am, I'm, publicly on this podcast. Hey, that's okay. I, I live my truths. I speak my truths. And so those were Vana's takeaways. I replied that that was the best text I had gotten in a long time, and I appreciate it. So if you want to leave feedback like that, if you think Chris is too dramatic, and if I'm canceled, go ahead and send some emails to mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on all of the socials. Leave us some comments in the comment sections of Jerry's gang posts. We'll uh, read we it on love. air without telling you. And actually, you know what? Head over to Apple iTunes podcasts, wherever you listen, wherever there's a review section of these podcast catchers and, and leave us a review. We've, we have a lot of reviews, which is really awesome and doesn't happen often to podcasts. And so we'd love to see that grow because I think the last one we've gotten was in like January of 2021. So we're approaching a, a year since our last review. Head on over there if yeah. you haven't already and, and leave us a review. Tell us how we're doing. If it's if it's bad, leave a five star anyways. I mean, I respect the person who gave us a four star review. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I it's suspicious about one star reviews and five star reviews, but you know that four star person was like, this is a very good podcast, right. but I see room for improvement. Yeah. That is an active, I respect that's it. an active listener. I respect it. I'll take the four stars. <laughs> Um, but I think I think Apple rounds up anyway. I think it says five stars on it the does. feed. It does. It does. We're out here. Perfect score. That, now, that is not an excuse for everyone to go and rate our show four stars. You better not. Doing it right now. <laughs> All right. So, like every Mouse Madness bracket, we had a target demographic that we needed to survey to get our field of 16, uh, in this case, Frozen songs that we are going to debate on the pod. Uh, we, we sent the interns on a little trip. This time around, we sent them back to Florida. They went back to Walt Disney World, uh, where they have a frozen attraction, Frozen Ever After, in the Norway Pavilion at Epcot. I think it's I think it's a great ride. Yeah, I've never been on there it. People, I've never been there. There are people that think it's a bit underwhelming. Okay, I can see why, but the wait time for that attraction not good. It's a lot for like <laughs> what it is. If it wasn't frozen, it would not be as long. It's like. People 90, didn't care it's about like the, 90 minutes the for maelstrom. like a 90 second boat ride. I think the they do a really cool thing with like the animatronics where they're they have like projection faces. Right, 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 right. And the like the Buzz Lightyear 
kind of does that mm-hmm. at Astro Blasters, but like they really improved on it and it looks really good. Okay. Okay. But it is very simple. So I get why people get frustrated oh, yeah. that the line's so long. So we surveyed people arriving to frozen effort after an experiencing wait time shock. <laughs> and, and the interns said that it was primarily heads of the household that were there with little kids who, who just expect to roll up to the frozen ride and wait 20 minutes and they go, what the actual yeah. heck? Yep. How is this frozen boat ride about to take up 10% of our Disney day? Dad's not going to wait in that line. He's not. He's not. So um, get on your Genie Plus. <laughs> get oh, on your man. Lightning Lane if you want to get frozen ever after because it's, it's a hot commodity over there. So we asked those people who are just staring at that queue time on that sign. And we said, look, I know you're frustrated, but what is the best frozen song? <laughs> hey, I know you're mad at this frozen thing, <laughs> but what's your favorite frozen? So they took a deep breath and they told us what their favorite frozen song is. And we arrived at a field of 16 frozen songs. Now there aren't a ton of frozen songs. Remember we are taking into account frozen, frozen two and frozen, the Broadway musical. Did not take into account uh, the Frozen Short, Frozen Fever, because they do a song on that one too, yep. right? Yep. That one did not register, but uh, we had a few that missed the dance. Did you have any, Kyle, that like, yeah, you thought I mean, could have been in here? That Frozen Fever song yeah. would have for sure. I love that song. What is it called? Like, I don't know. Getting ready for a birthday? Oh, oh uh, we're making today a perfect day. Yeah, Is yeah, that yeah. the one where she's wearing the green dress? Uh-huh. Yes. Oh. Really? She also appears in Frozen Ever After wearing that green dress. She sneezes out the little small little uh, snowmen guys that are adorable. Oh, she's sicky. Yeah. Oh, she has a, she has a fever. Called frozen fever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a, funny. Um, yeah, springtime in Arendelle does not treat the Ice Queen well. So she gets sick. They sing a song about it being her, her birthday that they're preparing for. Yada, yada. It's a really good song. I really enjoy it. And then my second one is uh, When I Am Older, which is Olaf's song in Frozen 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it, like for sure, because it felt like they were feeling, it felt like they thought they needed to give Olaf a song because he had one in the first movie. And they're like, okay, so right. now we got to make room yeah. for the Olaf song. And so they gave him one. And it's fine because his story arc in that was like, going through existing and like growing up and leaving his like naive past behind and experiencing all these new things and and ha- that childhood wonder of like when i grow up things will be better because i am older and and the adults seem to have it figured out and he slowly learns that that's not the case and obviously that's the ironic part of the song his other ironic song in frozen one we will talk about um but yeah so i think i missed the dance because i think it's a silly song that you know, kids probably really like and, and could have made it. So what are a few for you? So uh, one of them, I think, is one that also I had missing the dance on the underrated song bracket, Frozen Heart from Frozen. It's like the very first yeah, you had that, song. Yeah. And it's kind of like not a great song, but it's a good thesis statement for uh, Frozen 1 as well as like the Frozen franchise. Uh, they say in the song, there's beauty and there's danger there. Split the ice apart. Beware the frozen heart. And like, that's when the movie starts, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a met- like the whole thing is a metaphor. Yep. Right. For like 
uh, covering up your emotions or like not letting people into what's inside of your heart. So they call that out specifically at the very beginning of the first movie. Totally. Uh, Beauty and there's danger. Uh, both in a frozen heart and also in a thought heart too. There's danger in, you know, and that's kind of like the struggle we see with Elsa throughout. Sorry, I'm getting way too deep already. <laughs> on this. Uh, the second Miss the Dance I have is from the Broadway show. Uh, it is the very first song in the Broadway show as well called Vueli, Let the Sun Shine On. And it is a song sung by the people of Arendelle okay. um, who are a bit of a character in the second Frozen movie, but in the show, they get a lot of attention. And like... Um, they sing about the royal family a lot and you get to see how much they mean to them, which kind of ups the stakes a little bit, both for like the the overall plot of like all these people are going to die if we don't fix this, but also like the pressure Elsa's feeling. Like you have all these people that just like worship them um, and Elsa doesn't want it. So uh, I, I definitely like that, those two kind of set up songs. So Julia... Do you have any Miss the Dance? Yeah, I do. Well, first of all, I love, love, love the entry into the Broadway musical. It's actually funny. It reminds me of the entry into the second movie. So it's mm. like, did the writers kind of like yeah. maybe do that? I don't know. Um, I love um, Christoph's Lullaby. I listened to it today, actually, and teared up a little bit. <laughs> what it, like what what song is that? It's from um, the Yeah, sorry. It's from the Broadway musical. Um they sing this song in the Broadway musical called What Do You Know About Love, which we'll get to soon. But it's kind of like, and each character, both Christoph and Anna, have a reflection off of that song. Mm-hmm. And Christoph's lullaby is Christoph's like, inner reflection on like him falling in love with Anna. And it's just really beautiful. It reminds me of our relationship a little bit. It's <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, oh my God. Mom, don't look up the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, that's like a common theme for for a lot of the Frozen Broadway songs. Is it like it takes a character that was pretty good in the movie and then just like takes them one step further? Okay, so let's do it. Let's hop into our field of 16 uh, Frozen songs that we have on this bracket. So um, if everyone's ready, let's go ahead and let's cue that dramatic music and let's take it away. Here it stands, but here... Will it stay? Crystallizing at the number one spot is Let It Go. A song that's definitely not the first one comes to mind in the Frozen universe is our number two seed. It is for the first time in forever for Frozen 1. Iceberg, iceberg, baby. Fulfilling its destiny in the three spot is Show Yourself from Frozen 2. Knocking on the door at the four seed is Do You Want to Build a Snowman from the first Frozen movie. We can hear it, but we won't. The number five seed is Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. Inserting some banjo into the Frozen universe is the number six seed. It is Some Things Never Change from Frozen 2. We turn around and find that the number seven seed is Lost in the Woods from Frozen 2. Getting real dark and scary at the number eight seed is Monster from Frozen on Broadway. If it feels good, just do it. Oh, boy. You've just met the number nine seed. It's Love is an Open Door from Frozen 1. Melting Hearts at the number 10 seed is In Summer from Frozen 1. Opening the second act with the 11th seed is Huga from Frozen the Broadway Musical. 
On a search for the crown at the number 12 seat is all is found from Frozen 2. It's a Jelani tsunami climbing into the 13 spot. It's What Do You Know About Love from Frozen on Broadway. Short and sweet at the number 14 seed is Reindeers Are Better Than People from Frozen 1. You've seen dark before, but not like this. Curling up into the 15 spot is the next right thing from Frozen 2. And trying to understand what love's got to do with it at the number 16 seed is true love from the Frozen on Broadway show. Chris, this is a, uh, a power-packed 16 here, but Julia, are there any matchups that you can see that you're looking forward to chatting about? Oh man, definitely that last one that you said. True Love? Yes, I love that song. <laughs> oh wait, True Love's going up against Let It Go. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye, True Love. Oh, oh shoot. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, this is going to be tough. I think that... I'm gonna, not going to get to talk about it. You guys are going to be like, let it go. <laughs> we can talk well, about it. We can definitely talk about it. And I think, Chris, why don't you get us started? Because I'm the only one in this room who hasn't seen the Broadway show. So right. if we're going to get to the start with the number one, let it go versus the number 16, true love, and that's a Broadway song, I want to let you take the point. Uh, let it go needs no introduction. No. Nope. Come on. No. Nope. Everyone knows let it go. No. Nope. And, and, and we... We bounced Let It Go for in like the final four, I think, or the like a round of eight, maybe, in yeah. our best Disney song bracket. Lost to You've Got a Friend in Me. Right. And Christian was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He was like, what are we doing here? Uh-huh. What are we, like, what, literally, yep, what are you yep. doing? So uh, I don't know that that necessarily means Let It Go is not going to go far in this bracket. But anyways... Uh, it's going up against the number 16 seed, True Love, which is from the Frozen Broadway show. So to give some everyone who doesn't know the show some context, this song occurs right after Hans denies Anna of the kiss in that giant room that has the fire in it. Okay. He's like, if only there was someone who loved you. And Hans basically leaves her there to die. And Anna decides it's a great time to sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, sound, like, sounds like I'm making fun of it, but it, it really is in, in a show like that where you have, right. you know, 20 songs and time to fill. This is a good time to sing a song. Like, like sure. how are you feeling in this moment? It's a very slow song. It's a very sad on a song. Um, listeners to the Mouse Madness podcast know I like sad on a songs. Yep. Um, so this is basically kind of like, the antithesis of love is an open door. Right. This is the, yeah. And, and the door theme is, is just peppered throughout Frozen 1. Yes. And we'll talk about the doors many times. Um, but in this particular moment, Anna is trapped behind a locked door in this big room where she's left to die. And, you know, she's, she's basically at the beginning of the song saying, take me, baby. <laughs> Take me to the light. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. I, I led a good life. This is it. Oh, no. Uh, this is after Olaf got melted, or I can't really remember where, what Olaf's doing in the corner of this song. But, um, but, but yeah, it's just, um, it's, I like that there's that kind of like, you get the two extremes with Anna right. with the love is an open door and like being trapped behind the closed door. It's, it's 
called True Love, obviously, because she's singing about true love and she's very naive at the beginning. And, you know, love is an open door. And she's learned throughout her adventures and by being heartbroken that it's not what she thought it was. Um, and it's it's what she has with Kristoff. Right. Which she hasn't really articulated yet, but uh, that's she'll kind figure of, it out. She'll figure it out. The doors, like the, the idea of the door is interesting because most people, when they talk about like love, they talk about walls. Like I'm like, I'm put up a wall or yep. like, or like, um, breaking down walls, <laughs> right. Breaking yeah. down walls. And so, so like what, like why doors and not walls is what I think about when I watch the first frozen movie. Um, to me, it's like, it's like a wall is much harder to break down than a door. Yeah, totally. And they, like, it almost makes it more tragic knowing that you can just turn the knob. Mm. Yeah. And let that person in. Yeah. 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 They graduate to doors in Frozen 2. Or, I mean, they graduate to walls in Frozen 2. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of wall metaphors. A lot of walls two. in Frozen 2, a lot of doors in Frozen 1. Um, it is, it's a good song. I enjoy it. Um, it's going up and let it go, though. So, yeah. like, yeah. See, Julia, do you want to like, Explain why you like this song so much. Yeah, I love this song. It's another it's another tearjerker. I'm a crier, so I cry like everything. Um, but like it's truly like every it's like the journey I feel like that every girl goes through in their twenties where like mm. they're like falling in love with the idea of love and not really understanding kind of like what like actual love entails. And so I think it's just a beautiful wonderful if you're like any of our listeners out there if you're like going through like a breakup or you're like on your couch and you're really sad just like listen to this song it's such a wonderful beautiful song when i saw the show i was going through kind of a hard point in my life and i know that um not in relationships, but I know. Not with me. I was fine. No, I was, was like, doing, I was we doing might great. have to <laughs> cut this early. They have some things to talk about. No, no, no. I was totally, no, I was just, he was right next to me in the theater. And I know we just looked at each other and he was like, I know you're going to lose it. And I did. So this song is just very special to me. But again, it's going up against Let It Go. Um, the sad thing is that they... They cut it. Right. So basically they were they were reworking the show in like January of 2020 and they decided to cut True Love. Well, just I they must have just been trying to reduce the runtime or something. They weren't in like add anything. They're just like we're done with that song. They did add a weird Which is disappointing song. because like that's an important part of like Anna's story and they do kind of blow through it in the movie and like mm-hmm. to kind of you know, like I said, see the extremes of her emotions in the first show. Like, I think it does a nice job of like bringing it full circle. So it's sad, sad to see it go, but it's going like, it's going up against let it go. And, and, <laughs> and it's not, it's not necessarily that like, I think let it go is like clearly a better song, but when we're talking about frozen songs, there is like a cultural impact element as well, because so much, at least right now, of what we think about when we think of Frozen is the shared experience of it and like yeah. just how popular it was. And so Let It Go, I just have so many memories of like singing it with friends and, and stuff like that. Uh, sure. It's really an, an important piece beyond just what's in there. Yeah. And I think that Let It Go is one of the paragraphs of Frozen's thesis statement. 
overall. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a very important part of it. Uh, without it, without this kind of mantra that Elsa takes in, as opposed to in Monster, which we'll see later on, like being able to accept yourself and and let go kind of the burden that you feel because of who you are is very important for everyone in these stories to continue on. Um, even like Kristoff shedding his lone wolf mentality, Anna accepting that maybe she is naive, like they gotta they gotta let go of some of these things that keep them from being their true selves. And that's a, a great, you know, side plot of Frozen. Besides just the entire thing about, you know, true love and, and love really heals all. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I don't think I was going to pass anything <laughs> past Let It Go in this first round. So we can move it right along. Do, into so, our, what, Julia, what would you have voted in that situation if you had to, like, lock one in? I would have been a jerk and I would have voted true love just because, um, I don't know, it's tricky because Let It Go has, like, you know, two versions, essentially. It has the Broadway version and it has the the movie version. And I'm not, like, hating on Adele Dezine or Adina Menzel. Mm-hmm. It's She's but, only known by one name on this Adele podcast. Dezine. Yeah, exactly. But I just respect the Broadway performer so Adele Dezine is a Broadway performer. Yeah, yes, well, yes. Let's Adele Dezine, if you listen to this podcast, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I'm so sorry. She's at, I respect you. She's and, incredible. Yeah. In, in in earlier versions of the earlier the beta version of Adele Dazim. Yeah, Wicked. You know. Anyway, yeah. um, but I love. I just love Casey Levy's version of this song. Like sure. I didn't really even like this song. To be honest with you, I thought it was like I'd heard this song a million times before. Like. Yeah. being from the musical theater world i've been like i've heard this song so many times yeah. like why is it getting so much recognition and so but then when i heard casey sing it i was like i love this song so yeah hey i respect it i understand it let's move on to the next matchup it's number eight monster from the broadway show versus number nine love is an open door from frozen one chris can you please set the stage as to when monster takes place in the show so it's like rewind a little bit further than that. When Elsa has like her like power outburst when they're in after at the party and she and Anna takes her glove and she's like, Don't touch me, leave me alone. Uh like she she's she like spits a little like ice out. Yep. And then they're like, What Whoa. the what the yeah. <laughs> Wesselton Duke of Wesselton's like sorcery. <laughs> And the then, witch. and then, and then, so she, I think she ends up like running outside, and then she like falls down or something. Uh, all the people of Arendelle are like, "Oh my God, it's the queen!" They're standing Elsa in this moment, and then she she does like an even bigger like no, and then it's a big thing, and then it knocks over the duke, and he's like, "Monster, <laughs> monster!" <laughs> and then, and then, in the Broadway show. That turns into that turns into the song monster, and she sings it as Wesselton, Wesselton's boys, yeah, and Hans the angry are, cli- mob. are like climbing the staircase to come get her, and she's right. she's am I a monster? That's the am I a monster? Question. And in that moment, she she had she's thinking through this kind of like split second decision, like one I'm found out, 
uh, like my powers. I've showed everybody and I've been concealing this for so long. Um, and they see me as a monster, as I've just been called. So, you know, before this gets out of hand, would it be better if I just end it? Would it be better if I just killed myself here and saved everybody from the trouble that is me and who I am and the powers that I have and whatever that even means? I don't know what I'm capable of. And, and maybe I am truly a monster. And she goes through this kind of thought process. Julia had briefly brought it up that in these Broadway shows through song is how we learn the deeper thoughts of our characters. And obviously, like the the townspeople aren't like sitting there, like waiting for her to like make a decision as she like sings this thing. This is just for the audience to to absorb. But the 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 mob does get involved a little bit with the little bring back Sommer. <laughs> and like honestly though, like you say that, but they literally do. They're like they're like <laughs> slow are... motion walking. Oh, okay, <laughs> when she's singing, it's like, oh, okay. I'm like standing still. Right, um, I like that. It's kind of. It's kind of goofy. It's a it little is goofy. goofy. If the final, the finale is is very goofy. Okay, yeah, I can. You can get a sense of that, but when she has that like realization moment, that like no, like I need to fix this. I need to be here to fix this, and and I can turn things around. That's a really good part of the song. This like not tonight sort of feeling is is very very good. Um, so it's a journey. If you're listening to it without any context of watching the show, you can get the context. You know exactly what's happening. It's very obvious. Um, but it's a journey. It's a Broadway song. And you're not watching a Broadway production as you're, as you're listening to it. Um, Love is an Open Door is like the, the surface level similarity where we are seeing something happen really quickly and a thought process happen really quickly. It's just a song of justification. It's a right. song of manipulation, which would have been a great villain song, maybe. Like, we know what Hans is. Hans knows what he's doing the entire time. And Definitely. He's, and he's playing Definitely. off of it, right? Not only is he playing off of it, but he's, he's doing so in a way that is so confident. And, and it's in the way that he even, like, sings the song. And I'm talking about the love is an open door. And then he lets Anna go off and then he kind of steps in front and with the, his delayed no, and that, that is just like him, like in the shadows, but at the forefront at the same time as he, he lets Anna kind of, Anna's making this decision and I'm just, I'm just here and I'm, I'm just, you know, joining in on the fun. They, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing any harm when really this is a song of manipulation. Anna can be read like a book in Frozen 1. You, you see how eager and naive she is, and that's very easy to take advantage of. And so even him leading her on to things, and even when she's wrong, he, he validates it. And I'm talking about the sandwich line. Like he obviously right. was going, we finished each other's sentences, but he allows her to own it. Sandwiches, like well, that's what I was going to say. How crazy! Like he he needs to convince her, and that's that's what's so crazy about this song, is it's so good because it is so double sided. And after the fact, and coming back to listen to it, you realize that um, people really hype up that sandwich line. But dude, that's not the line that you should be hyping up. The the our mental synchronization can have but one explanation is beautiful. 
I like the sandwich line is funny, knee slapper, but the immediate next line is this synchronization. I think it's so smart to do that, like break up the song in a way that kind of takes your attention back from this like sandwich gag by not just have by having them do this very choppy. I don't know. It tickles my brain a little bit. And I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also kind of had a realization that this has also big breaking free high school musical vibes where it's like only in this moment could we have met and only now can we find our love and we've now that we found each other love is an open door and we're breaking free baby or is it the start of something new it can also be the start of something new um I also like my celebrity crush is Kristen Bell and I really enjoy her singing performances in Frozen. Um, so she hits some real nice notes in, in Love is an Open yep. Door and yep. I like that a lot. So being the, the person I am, I'm going to move on Love is an Open Door. Wow. Past Monster. Wow. So um, yeah, I, I, I like the explanation of Hans's role in this song because I think it's really easy to forget his involvement here because... I mean, for me, it's like, oh, this is just Anna being insane. Right. You know, but this is... Like, also Hans fe- fueling that fire. Right. Which you don't, in the moment, you're, you don't really realize it. Yeah. Um, Want to shout out Santino Fontana. You might know him as TV's Greg from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Uh, you might know him as Prince Topher on Broadway in Cinderella, nominated for a Tony. Or you might know him as Tony Winner in Tootsie. In the lead role in his performance as Hans here. So Santino Fontana, hometown, take a guess. Ramona. No. I thought it was Ramona too. Yes. No, 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 no. Uh, Goleta, California. You're getting closer. West it's, Colina. You're getting further. Stockton, baby. Stockton. Oh my gosh. Stockton boy. Uh, Stockton boy Santino. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, anyways, he has a beautiful voice. Yes, he does. My my mom loves Santino Fontana, hmm. which is the only reason I have to bring him up. She loves two. She loves. She has two celebrity crushes. Yeah, Santino Fontana. Yeah, Aaron Judge. Those are those are the two. Um, a couple of Valley Boys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, actually. Okay, so I want to go back to I want to go back to Monster. Yeah, please. I mean, this is like I'm glad you went first. Because I might have been like, oh, yeah, Monster's so good. Next round, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> uh, dude, I wrote like a page single spaced on Monster. Please, so, please um, let us have it. You mentioned this moment, this moment of realization for her. Yeah. Um, and, and that is my favorite part of the entire Frozen Broadway musical is, is in this song. The... The the song is is played in D minor, which is which is which it's called the Heartbreak Key. German composer Christian Schubert okay. in 1784 described it okay. as that, and he he called it uh, melancholy womanliness, which is extremely sexist. However, that is exactly what the song is. Sure, um, but there is a key change. Yes, love a key change. And then that's the part I'm talking about when she goes, no, I have to stay alive to fix what I've done, save the world for myself and bring back the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's... 
monster. So that like that moment that that bring back the sun. Yep. Those, yeah, those three words shivers up my spine whenever I think about them. And and like Elsa as a character often gets remembered for the cold never bothered me anyway. Yep. But and and like I get it. We all fancy ourselves to be frigid <laughs> right? Like like especially like when you live on the internet a lot and sure. in like 2021, it's like cynicism is cool. Yep. And this like don't never bother me anyway. Like I'm frigid bitch. Mm-hmm. I get why that's memorable and why like we might want to like box her into that attitude of like zero yeah. F's given. Yeah. But, but it's that bring back the sun energy that I think we should remember hmm. when we think about Elsa, hmm. especially like in, in frozen one, you know, like th- this, this show just does such a better job fleshing her out. They give her so many more little songs and in the movie, she's just kind of like a quiet, quiet girl. Yeah. And, and she really has a lot going on inside. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, everyone processes their emotions differently. So maybe like movie Elsa, it just like internalizes all of it. And, yeah. you know, it's just like a different version of the character. But I, I just like that we get to hear, we just get to hear her talk about it. Totally. Um, and seeing that pivot in Monster is just, it's just phenomenal. Also her, the, the not tonight that she hits just is like way that. better. Just, just like that. Nailed uh, it. Is uh is way more impressive than the high note and let it go. Storm rage on, in my opinion, it's way more satisfying really? in this song. Wow. I wonder what's higher, honestly. Oh, man. Um, asking the wrong. So, wrong so <laughs> there's there's another really great moment that is not super fun to like sing. Like th- like this, like, you can make the argument like, is this a like fun song to sing along to? Is it not? know right maybe more of like a cathartic sing-along where you're like just getting it out like screaming this song yep um, it works well as an acoustic cover yeah Mm. okay so um but the bridge father oh yeah you know what's best for me so so it's not that though it's it's when she goes father boom boom Mm. There's like a little like drum that goes dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. And then she mother dun, dun. Yeah. And then it goes again dun, dun. Yeah. Dun, dun. And it's like is it a heartbeat? Oh, yes it is. And so it's like it this is mm. a very like visceral moment for Elsa where like mm. like you, you the intensity of it you can feel it her chest is beating so loud we can hear it on the drums. Yeah. Or dead parents bring brought back to life in this moment like hmm. kind of like spiritual Harry you know, Potter like, moment yeah right like they're coming right. back to her and they're 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 in the room kind of like guiding her and and I pray that by me saying that they don't actually physically come back to life in Frozen 3 which I can totally see them doing we, yeah. have, we never found the body in Frozen 2 <laughs> oh they might God. be somewhere still kind of hope that happens they 100% it's gonna happen or is the heartbeat actually knock on a door? Right. Oh. My mind went heartbeat, just heartbeat, like high anxiety moment. And then this door metaphor coming back. So it's just like, these are just the examples of why I'm like, I kind of think the show on Broadway is better. Mm. You know, like it, it, there's just more, there's just more opportunity for them to just to do these small little things that just like 
can take you down this rabbit hole into like the world of frozen. Sure. You know, um, love is an open door at the end of the day to me feels very surface level. And the point is that it's a meet cute and they sing about it. Yep. Yes. There's other stuff going on with uh, Hans. Yes. It exposes Anna's naivety, but monster is just like, it's like a magnum opus. Sure. So I'm going with that. Julia, you're breaking a tie here. Love is. I remember seeing Frozen in the theater for the first time and like thinking that like um, Love is an Open Door was like, you know, a really catchy, like good song. Um, I remember yeah. singing it a bunch like after I got out of the theater, but yeah, Monster. You did a good argument, hun. Right. It's really good. <laughs> Monster advancing. I will say that your, your surface level argument against Love is an Open Door is also an argument for it. Like the fact that it is so basic and, and surface level is exactly the situation that's happening in in that moment is that this is a very surface. Right. That is the point. Love, that is know? the point. That is the point. Next next matchup. Uh, it's the number four seed. Do you want to build a snowman versus number 13? What do you know about love? So what do you know about love? We got another song from the show. I love yeah. that we're just getting them all out of the way in the first few rounds here. <laughs> Kyle's like, what do I do? No, no. Uh, I think I, I think I talked about this song a little bit when we talked about the, like in my review, mm-hmm. when I did like a mini review right. of, yes, of the show. Yep. And I think I brought it up in the best Disney uh, Broadway songs bracket in Amiss the Dance. This is basically, this song replaces the sleigh ride scene in the movie where the wolves are like attacking them and Kristoff's like, he picks his nose and eats it. Right, right, and right. And Anna's like, yeah, that's gross. No, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they like throw a lantern at the wolves or something. And so in this, in the on Broadway, Kristoff and Anna are crossing this bridge, this like rickety bridge. And um, Anna's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm going to marry this guy. I met him yesterday. Yeah, he's super chill. And Kristoff is like, girl you're tripping yeah you like and so you know they do this whole back and forth thing about like you know anna's being like love is the one thing that has zero complications and you know christoph's like just they're scaling and scrambling too many steps for counting you can't mm-hmm. just jump to the top it's like mountain climbing and so you kind of you you get a like a much better dynamic between them i think in this moment than you do in the movie yeah um it's a pretty catchy song I will say I think I found it catchier the first couple times I heard it. Um, I don't think we I don't think we saw Jelani Aladdin. I think we, we saw some, I think we saw someone else. But we saw him in person. We saw him. Yeah, we saw his face. We saw his real <laughs> actual close. face. Um, but uh, it's a good song. It's fun. Like for for like an original song and an upbeat song, it's good. Yeah. Um, also. Uh, you get more Kristoff, which is like like Elsa. He's another one of those characters that just doesn't get a whole lot of depth in the movie. Um, and and we we crowned him the winner of our best Disney prince bracket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was before Frozen Two even came out. We yeah. were like, I don't know, we'll see yeah, what happens because we, then Frozen Two was going. We we're like, we might have to do this bracket again. And right. It turned out we we're like, we actually really like Kristoff. It like double. We like yeah. doubled down. Um, so. I'm just trying to like think back on the movie and like what like what are the redeeming qualities of Kristoff? In the first movie? Yeah. 
he's the he's the most i think the most relatable character in all of it like everyone has these like extreme quirks that us as the viewer can't necessarily always relate to so anna who is just this like irrationally decision-making human being that is just hopping into everything that we all see the red flags about and then you have elsa who has a who's a superhero and we can't really relate to that and then you have Kristoff, who's the everyday guy who is just trying to like exist he's the mickey mouse of frozen he is (laughs) and and he has a, a pet and he talks to his pet like a human and and talks for his pet to him and like that's just that's such a relatable like you know dude on the street and i think that makes him so likable for for the audience so well what about for anna like what makes him what makes him like a good romantic partner uh he grounds her i think that like there's this anna who can who is over dramatic about a lot of things she loves to be dramatic almost every song in on this bracket she has some element of taking it to the extreme um in either way she's very very you know in touch emotionally which is great but if you had two of that oftentimes it doesn't really work out because you need somebody to also anchor at at the other times and i think christoph does that he brings her back to life brings her back to to planet earth in the second movie he doesn't know he plays that part right and that's where we get lost in the woods he thinks that like she doesn't recognize him as that anchor as that partner and that destroys him so he also lacks some of that emotional intelligence but for anna in this first movie he's the he's the balance he's the weight that kind of balances her her emotions i think so i'm just like i guess what i think about is like what why did christoph go with them like what was in it for christoph i guess i think she was just kind of like you're taking me right now and she bought his carrots Oh, yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah. It, it was like they went to Wandering Oakens yep. and she was like, I need uh, winter gear. Yep. He's like, we he don't have any. Or... He's like, I need carrots. And he was like, inflation. Or that's right. Because he leaves the thing and then Anna comes out and throws the bushel of carrots. Right. And that was kind of this like, okay, since you did this for me, I'll do this, this for seems you. Like seems like an unfair payment. Pa- yeah. Well, <laughs> Anna, Anna's a little desperate. Here's some carrots. Okay, so now you gotta take me up this dangerous mountain where there's a freaking killer marshmallow at the top of the bridge. <laughs> I think he likes her a little bit though, so he's like gonna go for it. It's you know what I mean? Right. Them. So it kind of I think it's really easy to forget Kristoff's relationship with the trolls because we don't see them interact so much. Like like he comes from this big family. And like right. that, and like he has a he has a I think instinct to pay it back. Yeah. No matter how hard he wants to fight it. He like deep down, he really cares. And he's like an act of service type person. Sure. He might not say it. He might not give you the snuggles and kisses all the time, but he's going to show up for you when you need him. Amen. So anyways, this is a, this is a fun song. Yeah. You get to see that. I think that this is kind of a moment where you get that act of service in Kristoff where he's helping her over the bridge and Uh she, uh, he falls and she saves him. Yep. And that is like, that is like the golden ticket to get, to get to Kristoff. I think something that maybe seems not reasonable about Kristoff, but I think is totally reasonable about Kristoff is that he has never been in a relationship before, but he seems to know a lot about love. Mm. Like I, like that was me. Sure. 
for real. Like I, like my best friend in high school got married a few years after high school and like they were together like my whole high school and I got to see so many relationships around me and just like observe all of it Mm -hmm. so that when I finally met someone that I could kind of put it into practice. I kind of didn't learn by doing. And I think that's totally okay. I think that's something like in in real life, a lot of people like, oh, it's a red flag if they've never been in a relationship before. You know, they have never had a serious relationship before. It means they're going to make a lot of mistakes and they don't know what they're doing. And it's like, well, maybe you're like Kristoff and you just, you're around other people like the trolls. Yep who have like instilled their wisdom in you or, you you know, he's going down to this village all the time and like watching all of the couples around him and goes, okay, that seems like it's not legit. Like that, they seem like that's a good thing to do. Yeah. So I think he's yeah. a smart, I think he's a smart guy. Do you want to build a snowman? This is this, this song is the second song we get after frozen heart. So it's kind of like the first like real frozen song we get. Um, and it, it sets the stage for Anna as this really restless character. She's riding her bike around the hall. She's watching the hours tick by. Also sets up Elsa as this um, sheltered character undergo- undergoing this mental pressure. Um, it introduces in kind of like a dialogue section, section the concealed don't feel uh, concept. Um, and there's also like a visual of her or a couple of visuals of her in the bedroom where like, yep, like the it, it's all, the door it's all just frozen solid and there's icicles and it looks very like not comfortable and she's just curled up. Right. She's just like makes her really sympathetic and in, in a way that's scary, but you know, you, you feel for her. Um, and it also sets up the loneliness of Anna, particularly after the parents die. We only have each other. It's you and me. What are we going to do? And then the song ends with, do you want to build a snowman? And, and it's so good. This is, that <laughs> swell of the, of the strings right afterwards. It gets me every time. Yeah. I'm tearing up thinking about it. It's like big Finding Nemo vibes, dude. Yeah. And this is why I hate Olaf. Because the Olaf is the snowman. Sure. Olaf's just like, the, you want to build, this, this is a meaningful ass snowman. Yeah. And he's like talks about tortoise poops. <laughs> like this is this is unconditional love. Go crazy it's like that. Sometimes. So much more than a snowman. And, yeah, and it's just like, why are you the way that you are? Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put that much weight on him. I I, I, I know I that he is the snowman, but I think you can open up that metaphor and just be like. The only experiences I've ever had with you in my happiest times were when we played in the snow and right. we used to make snowmen. That, right. That's why she says it doesn't have to be a snowman. Right. So the real snowman was the memories we were making along, <laughs> along the way. The way. <laughs> um, I love What Do You Know About Love? I think it's very underrated. Like I said, love the way it fleshes out Kristoff, but it's Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Yeah, it's Do You Want to Build a Snowman for me as well. I think that everything that you said is absolutely correct and you do see that kind of blind eagerness from Anna who's not understanding the situation because she is kept out from it and therefore she's drawing her own conclusions that like Elsa's in there and just doesn't want to play with her just like if I find love I will find happiness like I don't I can't find this love with me and Elsa so I'm gonna go out and and find it the first person I meet and that's gonna solve all my problems we we see that she's been like this she's been this way yeah. Um, and so I think that's a really great way to establish it. The 
snowman metaphor of you know wanting to to get back to childhood wanting to get back to like the memories that you you remember as a kid as you get into adulthood and things get way more complicated like you always want to go back i think that's part of the nostalgia yeah. of like disney and disney oh, yeah. and the parks and stuff um so i think it's just a really well done song and it's a perfect technically first song but second song of the movie to like get you going and be like oh this is gonna be like a musical masterpiece in some ways so i like it a lot julia do you agree yeah no i totally agree it's so funny i went into this being like you guys convinced me to do do you want to yeah you guys convinced me we are like poison (laughs) (laughs) if you you have an opinion and you think you feel just listen to this show and we will we will poison your thoughts with our bull <laughs> I, I think so. All right, let's move on to this next matchup. It is the number five, Into the Unknown from Frozen 2 versus the number 12, All is Found from Frozen 2 as well. So All is Found is the lullaby that Anna and Elsa's mom sings it to do them. Know, yeah. Yep, and, and that song becomes, that is the treasure map for the rest of the, the movie. It's a great way to describe it. It's a it's just a cryptic message that mom instilled in the kids when they were young. And then once they remembered it, it helped them to solve all of these mysteries along the way. There are tons of examples of this exact trope in other films where it's like, oh, when my grandpa told me that, he really meant this. And they were like, it's the treasures in the bookcase. <laughs> it, there's a lot of that. And so when this film opened up, and this was kind of the first thing we got i was like that's a treasure map baby we're going on an adventure i like (laughs) knew it immediately i was like this is too cryptic it's too intentional like it's this folky song that is supposed to teach you something and what casey musgraves um she covered it she covered it right but it's performed by evan rachel wood which is i love evan rachel Wood across the universe god i love her I love her. She's great. And she does a really good job in this and in another song later on. But uh, it's it's just hauntingly beautiful uh, the way it's sung and the way that it's performed by her. And I think that's on purpose. Like the the memory of their parents has forever kind of haunted them and and, yeah. and influenced the decisions that Anna and Elsa have made throughout their lives. Right. And they're always referring back to mom and dad and like what could have happened to mom and dad. and so. I think that it it's just it's just such a beautiful song. And I think it also why I like it so much is that it is it's very piratey in mm-hmm. a way. Um the composition of the orchestra behind it gives me big parts of the Caribbean vibe, but it also sounds like a siren song. Like yep. if you don't if you don't heed my warning, then we're going to like eat you, you know? Um it's it's tempting, it's it's beautiful, it's ethereal. I I just really really love this song. Into the Unknown, when that song happened in Frozen 2, <laughs> you knew exactly what they were trying to do as well, which was build you up like a let it go moment. And this, so I've only seen Frozen 2 once, and it was when I saw it in theaters. And then Chris and I did the Frozen 2 review, and Chris said that Adele Dazim's voice sounded chill the entire time. Like you had referenced that Maybe she had some vocal cord damage or, you know, she just was not on her best performance and that you could pick it out. 
that's haunted me since that <laughs> episode. And I haven't really listened to any of the music since then, except for a few of the songs that are actually my favorite, but especially not this one. So re-listening to this one, I still can't hear it. I think that they probably muffle her a little bit when it a does get high and maybe, and maybe yeah. sure. Um, I can do anything in a studio. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but the the chorus of the song with the strings, ding, 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 I could run at full speed for 20 straight miles <laughs> during it. And it's it's just like this gallop that is behind it, which, you know, before Into the Unknown, you get Elsa who is feeling like something's up. She doesn't quite know what it is. She's a little afraid of it. She doesn't want change. There's a whole song about things never change. Like she doesn't want change. She's tempted, but she's not going to give in. And that that kind of sprinting chorus is her fully giving into yep. this temptation. Yeah. So I think it's super smart for them to do it that way, where everything has been has felt very like calm and homey, and and like every song up until this has given you a bit of a hug, and then this is like I'm going to go into that forest like <laughs> right now. I'm going to do it. Um, I'm gonna meet a water horse if my life depends water on knock. it. A horse girl Elsa has entered the gym. horse girl Elsa. Um, but I do think that it's the, the second verse of this feels like they tried to get Adele Dazeem to hit notes because she's known for hitting really high notes and holding them. So they, they kind of force her to sing in this, this higher tone. And I don't think it works for this particular song. Um, you know, I, I'm just encapsulated by All Is Found. And I think that's the better song in this matchup um, for what it does for the story, how it kind of relates everything back to what the, this journey is, not only for them to figure out like where their parents are, which is like yeah. the, the false one, but also to find out like where they belong as individuals, no longer as a, a power team as individuals. Um, once you look deep enough, All Is Found. So I love it. I'm going to go with All Is Found what's the what's the instrument you know it sounds like a harpsichord to me it's like a little like tininess to it. i thought it was an acoustic guitar too that yeah. like that dun, 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 in the beginning oh yeah dun, 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 dun. it's like it a little metallic a, it could be like a steel string guitar something though. like that yeah something like that yeah it's very folky yeah. Um. and in not not in like the lumineers way it's it's in like the you know, storytelling kind of way that like this would be performed around a campfire in like the dark ages, you know? Yeah. Um, so I like that aspect of it. I'm, I'm, I'm into the unknown. Yes. I agree with what you said about let it, about it being feeling like a let it go too. And this was the first song from frozen two. I heard they like in the lead up to the film, they released like 30 second teasers of some of the songs. Yep. And, I listened to Into the Unknown and I was like, what is this? This sounds like they're just trying to do like, let it go too. And they like, they really captured lightning in a bottle with that song. And like, you know, like you, like you said with the Olaf song, it's like, oh, it's a Frozen movie. We got to make Adele Dazeem sing. Mary Poppins too. Yes. Yes. It's like the algorithms make the songs. Um, So I really thought Into the Unknown was very underrated for a very long time. But I'm glad you brought up 
the fact that you feel like you could run 20 miles to this song oh, full sprint um because, never get tired uh, you know you know what into the unknown does it passes the bay bridge test with flying colors <laughs> wait what um for those of you that for those of you that don't know what the bay bridge uh, test is it's like if i'm commuting and i'm listening to music if i get a little ooh ooh Oh, well, I'm driving and I want to roll down the windows a little bit. That's the Bay Bridge test. So little April showers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I was I was on my way into the office recently, okay. which I don't do. And I'm still like new to my organization. And I was going to be at an event where I was going to be meeting a lot of people that I'd never met before. And I was feeling a little bit of social anxiety. I was okay. like, shoot, like I got to... I, I, I haven't been in this situation in a really long time. I'm kind of nervous. And then it's like, yeah, you right, Elsa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into the unknown. Sure. This is where I'm, I am going into the unknown right now. Yeah. You know, and I just got to do it with confidence. And you know what? I rocked it that day at the office. I crushed it. Um, so one thing that like I've... I felt the beginning of Frozen 2 was a bit clunky. It was a little bit hard to get off the ground and into the unknown felt like Frozen repositioning Elsa okay. as a character. And I mean, that's basically, that's all Frozen 2. It's like a Frozen 2 reboot to like introduce like new lore and like put these characters in new positions because everything came around to the end in Frozen. Like it was all over. Sure, yeah. Um, and so Elsa, she, so she kind of like explicitly says that. She's like, I've had my adventure. Don't need something new. But I kind of want to go follow this voice. So it's like, I appreciate that this song really tries to to re reestablish the character in that way. Um, you know, I'm going with Into the Unknown. Okay. I, th- I think I think it, it, it gets me in a different way than All is Found. All is Found is like a fun little ditty, but it profiles a lot like Frozen Heart for me, where it's just like a little intro. Okay. It's like half a song to me. So Julia's breaking another tie here. All right, I know exactly what I'm going to do without fail, and it's definitely all is found. (laughs) Sorry, honey. Um, This song, I thought exactly what you said when you were talking about Into the Unknown, where it's like kind of like a copycat of Let It Go, and it's just like they had to put it in there. You know what I mean? And it didn't even really fit right it happened in a point in the movie where like it like nothing just came out of nowhere and you're like what's going on yeah um but all is found just reminds me of like walking through vale village in colorado and like snowy forests and Mm -hmm. like just a cuddly i don't know good song so i like all is found that's fair all right let's move on to the next it's number two for the first time in forever versus 15 the next right thing I feel like I've talked about the next right thing a lot on yeah. the show. Um, I love it. It's a very underrated song, in my opinion. Much like True Love, I like the low point Anna because we know her as such a upbeat, positive, optimistic type character. Her naivety is a flaw, but it is also a strength. Yep. Um, and you see uh, in Next Right Thing, she really, she really does a 180. <laughs> She's like, shoot. Um, so... So some lyrics I want to point out. Uh, I'll f- I follow you around. I always have, but you've gone to a place I cannot find. Mm-hmm. And this is about Elsa. And Anna has like apparently in between the first movie and the second movie, she's really kind of like 
uh, put hung her hat on Elsa's life and her relationship with her sister. And, and, and Elsa's not there. She can't be there for every second of every day. And she's having to kind of like motivate herself. Yeah. What's interesting is this is a direct, uh, this, this song kind of like echoes Kristoff in Lost in the Woods. Mm-hmm. They're both going through something very similar mm-hmm. um, where Kristoff is like, I, I, you're my true north and now I'm alone. Right. And Anna's like, the only star that guided me was you. Right. Uh, so they're going through something similar. I kind of like that those songs speak to each other. And I think even so, Anna is also speaking to herself. Right. I think that like, she has lost herself by throwing like Kristoff by the wayside a little bit by fully investing in only Elsa. She feels like she's lost sight of herself. Um, and so like, you know, the only star that guided me was you. Um, I can't find my direction. I'm all alone because she doesn't know who she is anymore. She's gotten to this part where she's felt like she's had to be a certain person and in that she's lost herself. So I right. think that's also yeah. like a really powerful message. Um, the image of I'll walk through this night, stumbling blindly towards the light. Mm-hmm. Love that couple of lines. This is like, this is like my personal philosophy. It's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea where I'm going, yep. but I'm just going to go do that thing right there because that looks like something I can do. Um, the song ends with a callback to some things never changed. She says, it's clear that everything will never be the same again, which I don't think is grammatically correct, but <laughs> I got what she was going for. It fits. Um, and you also get, you also get, um, if, if this song is like, uh, compliments Kristoff's, it is kind of a direct opposite to Elsa when, Elsa, this whole movie has been following this like external voice um, and leaving physically. And Anna says, I'll make that choice to hear that voice. That voice of her mother is like, she's having to look inside of herself. And they're both, they're both looking inside of themselves ultimately, but uh, Elsa's doing it in a more physical way. So I like that kind of like contrast between these two uh, lead characters in Frozen 2. Going up against first time in forever. I mean, this was the moment in the theater when I was there with four friends and we all looked at each other after the song was over and we were like, Disney's back, baby. Yeah. Disney is back. That was incredible. This, this song was good. This movie is funny. Yeah. Like it's so good. Um, and, and it was just, it was just a surreal moment like in my life. Yeah. It was like the moment I fell in love with Frozen. Yeah. Right there. Uh, this is Anna's How I Feel song at the beginning of the movie, much like uh, Ariel's, uh, you know, I Want mm-hmm. song. Um, I don't even remember what it's called. Part of your world. That one. <laughs> uh, again, you get the door metaphor. The windows open, so is that door. Didn't know they did that anymore. Yep. I mean, I don't want to go all the way into it. It's advancing here over, yeah. over uh, the next right thing. I love the next right thing, but first time in forever it's just a great way to establish Anna's character, establish the, the tone of this movie and really the entire Frozen franchise. What's the musical device when the two singers sing different songs at the same time? Harmony? That happens here. No. Like, 
Elsa is singing like essentially a prelude to let it go in this part as the same time as Anna is singing for the first time in forever. Yeah, I don't know the textbook. Yeah, there's like a name for that device. I don't know. Um anyways, I love that because I think like they really needed to hammer home just how different these two girls' experiences were and why this opening of the gates is such a serious moment because if we just let it to left it to Anna, then we're just like, hell yeah, they're throwing a party, baby. (laughs) And we're excited for that too. They just let it for Elsa. We're like, oh, this is the issue that will be at hand forever is that like she's going to be exposed and, you know, this is really serious. It was way too early in the movie to do that. So like they kind of paired this like apprehensiveness in us where it's like we got one character that we really like who's stoked about this. And we have one character who might get found out if people are allowed in. Like, how are we going to see this play out? And then that leads to, you know, the big issue of this film. Uh, comes from this and we get all of these hints as to like what is to come next i love that we get that prelude of let it go in it a lot um talk about understanding the assignment in the next right thing chris and bell like if you watch that that behind the scenes of her doing the song she's like sobbing and like has to constantly like stop and start again because she'll take it too far where she is just like, I'm breaking down right now trying to do this song. And you can hear it in her voice. And that's what makes it so like authentically good. And the fact that the song is so quiet happens in a very dark point in the film visually, like she's in like a cave. Um, You don't want to breathe in the theater as you're watching it. And that's really powerful because that gets your attention and lets you know the severity of the moment. It's a moment in which Anna thought all the things that she was doing was right, but in the end, she was losing who, what makes her and allowing her to literally have to come from the bottom and, and get back up to the top and climb her way out of this, you know, depression, this, this feeling of worthlessness, this, all of this is extremely, extremely powerful. But I think I'm going to agree with you and do for the first time in forever because that setup is just so important. Do you want to build a snowman kind of establishes the sisterly bond that is so important to the relationship. And then this kind of provides us the conflict that's actually at hand. I really like that. So I agree with you, Julia. Did we make the right decision here? Yep. I think so too. Why did you put them together is my question. <laughs> you guys, what the, are you doing? It's how the draw happens. No, you, um, you can ask the people with, frozen ever after wait time come show. on guys what are you doing um <laughs> they're so different yeah i will say for the first time in forever is so hard to sing because you're so excited mm. and you want to you want to like it's coronation day and you want to like you have to like rein that energy in you want to yeah. like expel it in the first like the windows open so is that door but yeah. like you have to like pace yourself yeah, i don't know how it's hard kristen bell's just not like exhausted after every recording <laughs> cut session, it up right cut it up Oof. yeah it's 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 hard yeah anyway that's my two cents <laughs> moving <laughs> Thank on you. awesome Thank let's you. move on to the next matchup it's number seven lost in the woods versus number 10 in summer in summer is olaf's irony song it's when he is kind of letting us all know that this snowman is dumb because he was just born and he is finding out the world and he is so naive that he thinks 
that summertime is a great time for snowmen to exist. A lot of great jokes in it, I think, um, especially the, upon first watch. First watch, you're like, this is silly and this is nice. Like, we get that the there's some the stakes are high, but let's take a moment and just live in Olaf's kind of dreamland a little bit. I did appreciate that, um, but it's definitely Lost in the Woods here. Uh, I think Lost in the Woods is just a better song. I don't. I think you can get the point about Olaf without his song, but I think that Kristoff, as you said, had remained so surface level in the first movie that diving into him being an actual sad boy past the the shield that he has put up as coming from a, a big family, you know, being this lone wolf once he's left, is important for us to see that like this relatable character also feels like we do it's not just like this ah i'm just uh i'm just this dude that is just here like no he has feelings too and it's important that we know that because he often has a hard time showing them right he has to try and like convince himself to propose and in the very first song of the film he's like telling sven that he doesn't know how to do this and he's nervous for it and like that humanizes him so much that you know Kristoff is he has his his flaws as well and he he works through them and he lets it all out in this wonderful ballad i think that it the the ballad nature of it doesn't quite fit within what we think as like frozen maybe because it sounds so phonically different but i think it was perfect for the time of that film like in in wit which it happens where you yeah. kind of needed that switch up yeah um so i'm moving lost in the woods on no i agree with you i mean i'm not a out here about to advance a Olaf song <laughs> Lost in the Woods. This is just it's just a big this is a big joke. It's like an irony, big dose of irony in a song. Yeah. And Olaf's a fish out of water. Olaf's not like a fish out of water. He is like a blue whale right. in the deepest part of Death Valley. Right. He's all the way out of the water. Yeah. Um totally. And I get it. It's fun. It's not yeah. the worst thing ever, but it's Lost in the Woods. Julia, do you agree? Yep, I agree. All right. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Good. No, thank you. So let's move on to the next matchup. It's number three. Show yourself versus fourteen reindeers are better than people. I mean, this is a a very similar type of matchup where reindeers are better than people is just kind of this introductory Kristoff song. It's like it's the only moment Jonathan Groff, who is this extremely talented performer, yeah. gets to sing in Frozen. It's like, why did you even hire him if you're just gonna make him sing this like semi song? Yep. Um, and I mean, like, it establishes Kristoff's attitude towards other humans. Mm-hmm. Songs that are called "Reindeers Are Better Than People," <laughs> right? Um. It establishes his kind of funny relationship with Sven where he's doing like the voice um, and Sven is kind of like resists the voice sometimes. Like Kristoff like yeah. speaks on behalf of Sven, but Sven like, is... under, can understand him and sometimes they're like, shut up. Yeah. But I think um, it's fun. It's not nearly as powerful as Show Yourself, which is, uh, which is the Elsa song. Like Into the Unknown's good. Show Yourself is the Elsa song in Frozen 2. And it's a song that they had trouble with. They really took a long time to get this song right. They didn't know how to end it. They didn't really know what was there at Atta Holland for Elsa. Um, they went through many, many rewrites to get it figured out. And I think they really, really did um, 
by the time they finished it up and the, the movie got out there and we can talk about it next week because that one's advancing for me for sure. Yeah, it's advancing for me as well. That song is so good. It's really hard to digest upon first listen. I remember being in the theater and it's its chorus has this irregular composition where it does where the beat stops on the third and you expect it to continue on. So it's like the show yourself done. Like there's this offbeat that happens and you're like, oh, like you're trying to like bob along with it and you can't catch it. That trips me up. And it did in the film where I was like, I I really want to just kind of like, yeah, this is like Elsa's ballad right here. We're feeling it, but you have to uh, like <laughs> every time that chorus comes in. But dude, when the song switches up like sicko mode and puts all is found in right in the oh, section yeah. in which like yeah. Evan Rachel Wood shows up, her voice shows up and they duet at the very end. <sighs> also, Adele Dazim hitting that all of my life. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Right into my veins. I agree with you. Show yourself is moving on. Julia, what do you think? Oh, you guys are giving me no room to talk because I agree <laughs> with everything you're saying. Um, yeah, no, I love Show Yourself. I listen to it on the reg, actually. It's a great go-to shower song. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was. it's interesting. I was watching a behind-the-scenes on Frozen 2, and I don't know if I'm right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they talked about or they were swapping Show Yourself and Into the Unknown. Yes. They, they were like talking when. about like having them switched or I don't know. Yeah, totally. But anyway, no. Love that song. <laughs> so good. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the final matchup of the round of 16 here. It is the number six, Some Things Never Change from Frozen 2 versus the number 11, Hugue. Hugue. From, from uh, Frozen on Broadway. So. I know exactly in when Hugo takes place. This is Wandering Oaken's song, and he is singing it from his little tourist hut thing that is also a sauna. And this is in what? So this must be Act Two. So yeah, so this is the very first song of Act Two. Yeah. So we had just gone into intermission with yep. Let It Go and that bother me. And then like and then like the lights go on and everyone's just like Oh, yeah 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 oh yeah that was so good and then it's like how do you how do you follow that up yeah like how do you how do you enter the jet stream where that song left us and they do it with this song Huga, which feels like such an act two opening song if you think yeah. also as um you other famous broadway shows especially like currently like hamilton you return from intermission from What Did I Miss by Thomas Jefferson. And it's this like, what did I miss? And it's this very different song from mm. what you just left off on. Right. Um, and it kind of gets you back. It's like a, a, a nice little get, you, get your feet wet back into the Broadway scene of like what you're going to have to start listening to. And that's what Huga is. So Huga right. is Wandering Oaken's Akuna Matata. It's a word that is an actual word. It's Danish for fun, but it you can use it in many contexts to, you know, explain that things are easy or comfortable. And he he literally says those things like Huga is easy, Huga is comfortable. Um the song is a lot. It's, it's not yeah. something that I'm gonna ever throw on. Um I will say that like after he he goes through a verse of saying all the things that are Huga. 
And then the second verse, he says, finding a spider in your shoe, not yoga. I love that part <laughs> where he switches it into like what isn't so yoga. I love an annoying thing to do, not yoga. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, but he also does say yoga is alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> and so that funny, is, that right? Is, that is our guy right here. This is Wandering Oaken from the Broadway shows, our guy. Also gets into this really weird part about like getting naked in the sauna and like baiting yeah. Anna and and yeah Kristoff to join them. He does do that. So weird, um, unnecessary. I guess I get it though. It's to get the audience back engaged yeah. after an intermission, yeah. and that's a good way to do it is with some sort of like shock comedy. But yeah, um, you know, it's just not not my favorite thing in the world. It's very. It would be a very fun first time watch and i'd be like that was funny remember it, that yeah it's and, a real kind of like and then i'll leave it a big musical number there's a, an extended dance section yeah. where uh they're doing a line yeah like a kick line and all of hear the, the the um the ensemble are wearing flesh color bodysuits and Got have little it. eucalyptus branches and so they're pretending pretending to be naked yep um with our Queer King, Wandering Oak. And- yep, yep, he sure is. Um, I even put in my notes, ends with a can-can kick line type chant. Yep. And yep, I nailed it. Um, some things never change is what it's up against, and some things never change is my favorite Frozen song. Wow. Like across the board is my favorite Frozen song. I remember sitting in Frozen 2 and this song came on, and I don't know if it was, I don't know where I was in Life when Frozen 2 came out? What was that? Fall of 2019? We were about four months before the pandemic. Maybe it was like a really stressful baseball season or something. And because it was the last like full length one with like max capacity. Right. Like everyone was traveling and like. Yeah. uh, I think I got to. You got bounced by the Rays in the wild card game. Yes. But I wouldn't have been sad about that. But I think like I was just exhausted from a full season. Right. um, And feeling, you know, like. In working in sports, you work in a cycle and sometimes that cycle can get really exhausting. And sometimes when that cycle ends, you're already like, there's only 100 days till spring training. And like you you feel like you can't even have a time to rest. I think I was in that. And mm-hmm. when I sat down in this theater and the opening number besides all is found was some things never change. I was like, it was almost like them welcoming you back into the family. And it's quite literally there's parts where I really don't like. I don't like Olaf breaking the fourth wall. They had already done that at the beginning of the of the song. So like Olaf says, um, you, you all, all look, look a little bit older looking at the camera, but he has a bunch of kids with him. So he's like trying. He breaks the fourth wall, but is also referring to the kids that are around him who are probably babies. The last time we showed up in this world. But um, uh, Anna also says that we're all getting a little bit older, just doesn't address us directly. Right. So that repetitiveness and like forcing that break in the fourth wall being like, wink, wink, nod, nod. It's been a while since we had the first Frozen movie, but we're back, baby. Don't like that so much, but the song is just so warm and comforting. Yeah. And I think that is a great place for Frozen to be. I think Frozen is a comfort movie for a lot of people. And I like that they opened that up that in that way before hitting us with all of the like really dark stuff. So some things never change is definitely moving on for me. Um, yeah. So, so me too, but I want to, I want to just 
end the show with this one observation from some things never change. Oh. Um, it's going to try and ruin my dreams right now. I, this is really going to piss you off. Um, you, we talked about at the very beginning of the episode yeah. how the people of Arendelle, Arendelle, the people of Arendelle in the Broadway show get some character. Mm-hmm. They do in Frozen 2 as well. Yeah. And, and I like that. Yeah. But upon re-listening several times in a row, this very suddenly became a strangely patriotic song. Oh, the, in, the flag in, will always fly. Well, yeah. it's, it's not just that. It's, it's, it's time to count our blessings beneath an autumn sky. We'll always live in the kingdom of plenty <laughs> that stands for the good and the many. And I promise you the flag of Arendelle will always fly. And they go, a flag will always fly. And Anna's like, flag will always fly. It's like, okay. Like, uh, did this all of a sudden turn into a make Arendelle great again rally? No. A literal MAGA rally? Oh no, that's a, no, that's not no. what that is. That's How not what that is. So, um, no, it's a good song. Funny, it's though. a fun song. But I like, I hate yeah, I feel I, it. Every, and it's weird that whenever I listen to this song, even before, like I, I noticed that today. Just that they live in the kingdom of plenty. Like yeah. that's the part that gets stuck in my head. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Why? Like, whoa. Like, yeah, because it's the key change, right? Isn't that almost right after the? No, maybe not. Well, I it might, it might just be because it reminds me of. Uh, <laughs> Uh, down under from the eighties. Oh. I come from the land of plenty. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's it. Oh wow. So so. Yeah, like is Arendelle in Australia? <laughs> Kingdom of plenty. Isn't that? I also, isn't that what Australia's nickname is? The I, land of plenty. I might. I mean, maybe plenty of things that will hurt you. I come from the land of plenty. I I see your um. A utopia. Avid avid uh patriotism but i think that a lot of that is because the queen for so long hadn't shown up for her people because she was afraid to show who she was the first movie basically until she opened up the gates like everybody in and was like oh, i don't know who's ruling us the fuck they died and now like we do get ran by these kids we don't even know who they are because we haven't seen them yeah so i think it's like, like that interim I'm sure they told us. I just don't. Well, well, here's the thing that just actually disappears from Frozen Two. The church is a very important part of Frozen One and Frozen on Broadway. Huh. So there might have been like a mm. like a bishop who oh, acted in the interests Maybe. of the children. That makes sense. So I see that as like Elsa has fully taken her place as the leader, and, and she's like, has- "You better salute to this mm, flag. That flag always going to fly, baby." <laughs> support the arendelle troops god oh my gosh anyways um julia do you agree some things never change advances over huga here yeah and it just it reminds me of um because we just had thanksgiving um it's time to count our blessings beneath an autumn sky it's like the most perfect line for thanksgiving right i guess um but also i also wanted to say that when we saw huga like Act two opener in the Broadway theater. I turn over to Chris's sister and she's like, That's Chris, the wandering okay. <laughs> well, 
Well, so he comes in from the house. He like uh-huh. enters the stage from uh, the, the lobby and yeah. he just like uh-huh. kind of like hops up on the stage and he's just like, everyone's like, is that is guy it, <laughs> yeah. supposed is this to a do show? That? Is this? He's um, like talking with audience Yeah, he's members. like talking. Yeah. He's so fun. And he, yeah. that's it. It's like he dips. He gets there late. And then he dips, and that's it. Like uh, that's all funny. he does in the he's show. He's probably like a member of the he, ensemble. Well, he like, takes yeah. a bow. No, he's not. He is really? not. He's, he's just, not. Just one guy. It's, he's just watering really? Oaken. He just does a song, and that's it. I mean, you we wanted me. more of him. That is who got. Yeah. That aspect. That is who got. Yeah. Only having to sing one song. <laughs> that's Hugo. Um. All right. Well, everyone, we we've done it. We've reached the end of uh, round one of our best Frozen song discussion. Uh, we'll pick things up next week where we have the number one seed, Let It Go, versus number eight, Monster. The number four seed, Do You Want to Build a Snowman, versus number twelve, All Is Found. Number two, For the First Time in Forever, versus number seven, Lost in the Woods. Number three, Show Yourself, versus number six, Some Things Never Change. We only had one upset. Yeah. Into the unknown went down. All yeah. the others, the top seed moved on. These are good songs. And I think that they are pretty appropriately ranked. This is what's going to get interesting is yeah. this this next round of a lot of Frozen versus Frozen 2 slash Broadway songs here. Sure. Um. All right. Well, uh, Julia, thank you so much for taking your time out of your day and and hopping over to the kitchen table here with us. <laughs> As opposed to just <laughs> sitting on the couch over there and it was so doing something else. Um, well, we appreciate your insights as always, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Yay. All right, everyone. Well, you know how to reach us. You got something to say about these frozen songs? You got something to say about um, us not showing up with our pull the pod cards? Like <laughs> grill us for it? I don't know. Um, Email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. Support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash mousemadness. Folks, just one little lesson until next week. Just do the next right thing. I want to be like you. I'll do you